You're listening to the Charge Forward audio blog by Chargebacks 911, bringing you the latest in payments and fraud. To learn more about how Chargebacks 911 can help you reduce chargebacks and recover revenue lost to fraud, visit us online at chargebacks911.com. This episode is a replay of a webinar entitled Chargeback Alerts and VMPI, Two-Tiered Protection, featuring experts from Chargebacks 911 and the Chargeback Company. Okay, uh, welcome everyone to the webinar. I want to thank everyone uh, for taking the time out of the day to join us. Um, my name is Jared Wright. I'm the marketing director here at Chargebacks 911. Um, for those of you unfamiliar with Chargebacks 911, we help merchants identify and prevent chargebacks before they happen. And then we also help merchants manage the disputes for chargebacks that they were unable to prevent. I'm excited to be bringing you two of our internal experts to talk about um, the VMPI and chargeback alerts today. Um, Harlan Hudson, he is the uh, Director of St Strategic Partnerships, and uh, Craig McClure, who is our Director of Relationship Management. Um, you know, just, just real abstractly, Harlan is here to talk about VMPI alerts and help us understand their value from the merchant perspective. And Craig is here to give us some insight into the more technical bank side integration um, Kind of kind of the nerdier side of um, the product so um, i'm really excited to have both of you guys here today so thank you guys so much for joining us glad to be here thanks right. alan thank you good to be here um now normally we would start this webinar with two presentations um, but today we're going to kind of do things a little bit differently um, i'm going to start the webinar by doing what i believe to be a sort of 10,000 foot view explanation of how these different programs work um, and then these guys are going to tell me what i got wrong so um, the first portion will be fairly visual, so it's important that if possible, you close other windows and give us your attention for just that initial part. Um, the second portion and the bulk of the webinar will be a Q&A where we answer a lot of the questions that were submitted. Um, this section will be less visual, um, but it will, will, we will get into a deeper dive. So um, if you, if you want to kind of just listen to that part, um, you should be able to get all of the value out of that part. Um, Please feel free to submit any questions that you have during the webinar. Um, we promise to answer any question that was submitted, if not live, um, then by email after the webinar. So if uh, you have a question that occurs while we're having this discussion, then please, uh, please you know, send it over and we'll make sure somebody gets back to you with a detailed answer. Um, this webinar will be available for replay starting tomorrow. Um, not all of the Q&A portion will necessarily be included in the recording, however, so we encourage you to stay with us today so that you get the maximum value out of this event. Lastly, this and other webinars will eventually be released in audio form on our podcast. Um, if you're a podcast fan, um, you just search Charge Forward, all one word, with Chargebacks 911, however you listen to podcasts. Okay, so first, I think we should just make sure that we talk about how chargebacks happen, just so we kind of frame this correctly. Um, in this example, one of your customers contacts their bank to complain about a charge. Um, their bank passes that dispute through the card schemes to your bank, and um, then it's sent along to you. At that point, um, it can get complicated, but I'm going to simplify it, because the end result is that the funds are taken from your account and given back to the cardholder. Um, in addition, your bank is going to charge you a fee, so so additional funds are taken and um, given given to your bank. Um, 
now we, we we talked about this a little bit guys but um harlan and craig uh, is are you guys okay with this is there do i need to add any additional caveats or context to this um i would just add uh some other items to this number one uh the the merchant once a chargeback is filed um there are two statistics depending upon the the nature of the claim by the cardholder and hence the issuer um that that will impact the merchant our our clients typically uh in in negative ways and and this is super important for the for the discussion to come so first of all you get a a, a chargeback on your count, which is part of your overall uh, CTR or chargeback to transaction ratio, what some people call it the threshold. So, so that chargeback is going to be, regardless of what happens from here, that chargeback, that, that one dash on your count uh, will be uh, counted against you. It's not something that will reverse. Even if you uh, do all the right steps and you get your money back, that count goes along with that, right? If it's a fraud-related uh, dispute, that could go against your fraud stats, and depending upon your, again, your CTR, your MCC code, um, merchant category code, um, that could be problematic for you. And and all of these things are should be motivators for merchants to uh, reduce the number of chargebacks they get by uh, whatever uh, legally permissible means. Greg, do you agree with that? Yeah, I think that's broadly broadly right. I mean, the 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 thing that often gets missed about a chargeback is that it exists only to make the system feel safe. So, um, the idea is that everyone feels great using a Visa card or a Mastercard or or another branded payment network. Um, but inevitably, when things go wrong, there needs to be faith that we can fix it. Now. Obviously, the issuer and the cardholder have a big voice in that, um, but the system also exists to protect merchants. So a big component of the program is the ability for the merchant to have a voice in in challenging that decision or trying to prove when someone did someone wrong or giving their end of the argument. So that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Okay, great. Um, okay, so so alerts then, and this is just sort of the way that I think about alerts. Um, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, pre-chargeback alerts, uh, chargeback alerts, alerts, I mean, they, 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 they're kind of the same thing. They're just kind of different names, correct? Essentially, yeah. I mean, they, okay. they serve the same main function. Okay. So, 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 so if we imagine the same process that we just talked about, um, but, you know, your, your customer uses a participating issuer, um, then, then that issuer has the ability, instead of initiating a dispute or a chargeback, the bank will notify us through the alert network. Um, then we ensure that the transaction is refunded back to the customer, thereby avoiding the chargeback. Um, instead of paying a chargeback fee or any of the negative consequences that Harlan was talking about, um, you just pay a small alert charge. Um, so, so from a 10,000 foot view, are you guys okay with this explanation? Yeah, I, I think this is a good explanation. I think that, that it, it, uh, belies the fact that there are, there, as with all processes within the, within the transfer of money and disputing and this and that and the other thing, it, there, there are a few things that are, uh, in my opinion, very important to, uh, point out. Number one, um, there, if we're talking about alerts generally, 
there are some some I, I'm going to call them legacy alerts only because they've been in the marketplace for a while and and those alerts typically have uh, uh, a process flow that is uh, using issuer networks and those networks if an alert is uh, is issued uh, to the merchant through us as an example uh, they're, they're given a certain amount of time, say 24 hours, to issue a refund. Um, and, and again, I'm talking about legacy. We're, not, we're going to be talking about something different, some other workflows here shortly. But the legacy alerts have been very much, uh, hey, you got an alert, refund this. Here, here's the, that, that sounds good because it does, it does 99% of the time keep your chargeback rates low, although I think there's some leakage with that. But, but the, the problem is that oftentimes the alert does not address the real issue. Is this complaint, let's call it a complaint, actually, uh, it, is it actually valid for a chargeback? In other words, there may be instances, and actually I think there are many instances, where an alert is issued, but they don't actually have the right to charge back for whatever reason. And so it's complicated for the merchant then. They're getting this alert, uh, and they have, if you will, a threat over their head saying, if you don't refund this, we'll issue you a chargeback. And if you're in an MCC code or you have some high threshold, so you're in the monitoring program, whatever that is, you're going to refund that right but you may not have to it it it's impossible for you to know that so so there are some complications there and i think that that is something that what we're going to talk about today solves for to some extent um and and i think craig that that this complicating factor has led visa and and i think microsoft to follow along to to solve for that problem to some extent would you agree yeah, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, alerts are 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 great, but they're kind of like admitting guilt before you've been to court. They're they're great for reducing right. your sentence, but but they don't really address the problem. Um, you know, so you, you get the speeding ticket fine reduced or whatever. But but the 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 underlying problem with alerts is that they they become a very very lazy way for um for customers and issuers to a certain extent to deal with this problem. So if I know mm -hmm. that, that merchant X and Y are going to issue a refund on the back of an alert, irrespective of the quality of the the dispute that may underlie it, then I'm going to do that every single time. And customers get to know that. I mean, if you are ever bored on a Saturday night, have a look through Twitter. If you can find some examples of people who've done this, you'll see that they spread the word um, and it becomes quite a... A, a, a bad behavior so you know alerts have a place they have a function but um you know they're, they're a little bit behind in terms of the sophistication that we have now with uh, things like um vmpi which uh, and, and similar things we'll, 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 we're going to go on to talk about yeah so I, I yeah and you guys got ahead of me a little bit on, on that so 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 well no i think i you know i so just, just sorry about that question because because i think that that's 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 the main thing you know, I think when when everyone talks about alerts, when I think about alerts, is that that they're that they're a powerful tool for a very specific instance. Um, so so um, you know, I I know that one of the things that's important is that if you um, 
you know, if you're at risk of losing processing, right? So if you're at those high risk thresholds, if you're at risk of, you know, losing your processor for, for you know, too many chargebacks, then that's a time when alerts is a really valuable option for you. Um, but but uh, Harlan, you were talking the other day, there's, there's some other sort of key indicators and some other reasons why a, a purely reduction um, um, focused tool like alerts would be a valuable tool for merchants. Can, can you talk a little bit about like how you diagnose a merchant as being, um, you know, where, where alerts would be a, a viable solution for them? Sure. Uh, of course, I've mentioned a few of those things already. Look, if you're, if you're, so, so typically with, let's just take Visa, for example, um, your chargeback to transaction ratio is based on, you know, two, uh, two basic metrics, right? Uh, you have the count, and I mentioned that earlier. So you have the number of chargebacks you're getting in the same month. Now, this is Visa, right? You have the, the number of chargebacks that are issued in the same month, and you have the percentage of chargebacks to sales or transactions, right? So you combine all those things, and you come up with a number, some percentage number, right? And so uh, in the past, Visa has said that it's, this number is comprised of a percentage, and typically in the past it was 1% or lower that kept you under and 100 count of chargebacks. And that and is a super important uh, piece. And this may be elementary for some people, but it's super important to understand what uh, scenarios this is applicable for. So reduction of chargebacks, if you were over that amount, right, so you're at 1.1, uh, you know, that kind of thing, then you're looking at uh, potential fines, you're looking at, you know, the monitoring program, there's all kinds of things and there's all kinds of reasons that uh, a company might get there, their sales go up, there's, there's a lot of reasons for that. So in cases where there's, where there are these distress, I will call them distress scenarios, yeah, you want to refund as many as you can to stay under that. Now, it's important to note that Visa is actually reducing those thresholds. I think it's down to 0.9. And, and probably for some, and, and Craig, please please jump in here. For some MCCs, I think it's even lower than that. So, so there's real, real motivation to reduce those numbers, but not everybody has to do it. And I think that's the point. Craig, what about those uh, reduced thresholds? Yeah, I mean the, the 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 you're right. So just to to not to not labour the point, but um, if if uh, a merchant is operating in a particularly high risk or um, or other sector which is under um, increased scrutiny, recurring is is a, is a continuing example of that, um, or or subscription merchandise, um, those thresholds are are continually being drilled down to really prevent some of the noise that comes from issuers because they get incredibly unhappy about dealing with with um, you know, a large volume of calls from cardholders about those types of transactions. So, um, by by having a big stick and threatening the, the the revocation of processing, unless you start to auto refund, basically in the back of alerts, is is uh, kind of the direction. But it, as we've kind of stressed in the last couple of slides, it's really just for a subset, um, so particularly high risk areas in the payments uh, mm -hmm. marketplace. Okay. Um, so, so the so the next, and this is the way I bundle it together. So you guys can tell me if I'm if I'm wrong about this. But but the the next sort of workflow I'm going to go through is the VMPI, but but using the the refund response. Um, and 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 essentially, you know, the way I have it drawn here, it, it functions very similar to alerts, right? 
Um, so, so am I am I right when I when I think about the VMPI refund, I, I sort of look at it as like, you know, alerts 2.0. So it's it's just sort of a way to broaden the coverage. So if if you're a merchant and you're, um, you know, you're 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 at that risk threshold or your processor has has notified you that that you know you're you're on the bubble and that you need to reduce uh, chargebacks and and that's that you know it makes sense for you to, for that to be your your primary focus then is there a difference between alerts and vmpi from that is there a reason why somebody might want just vmpi but only use the refund um um response yeah they have a they have a slightly different use case so vmpi for the most part and i'll caveat that but well it's not universal in that with an with a with a kind of old an older model alert or a legacy alert as Harlan called them, um, those are generated kind of in bulk. So if a, if an issuer is marking a big bunch of transactions as fraud because they've been categorised as such, um, they're using alerts as a way to say, hey, do you want to refund this before I make it a chargeback? Whereas with VMPI, all of this is happening before. Um, the card gets closed down and the fraud gets reported. So they're essentially giving an option to say, hey, we've had an inquiry about this transaction. Do you want to tell us anything or do you want to take an action before we then close the customer's account, um, reissue a card, market as fraud, charge it back? And it's those events which drive the the bad stuff that Harlan talked about, the, the, the compliance programs and the, 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 the thresholds and the, and the counters. So there's a slight nuance in there about how those two systems work. Yeah, and I, I think that to add on to that, uh, the the sort of the advancement or the enhancement of the alert sort of workflow is that now Visa is directly involved, and 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 eventually Mastercard is going to be doing kind of a similar thing we think, but 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 just let's take Visa as an example. I mean, for most people, Visa is the bulk of their processing, and so now Visa is taking an active role in uh, I'll call it adjudicating. Uh, that they're they're getting involved in this complaint stage to make sure, for example, that if a refund has already been issued and it's on the rails, but maybe the issuer or the agent doesn't see it, then there's an opportunity for Visa to say, wait, block chargeback, because guess what? The refund's already been issued. That That's a huge opportunity that only Visa can take advantage of, right? Because they're going to see uh what's on the rails as far as refunds are concerned so so i think i think there are some some really really important you know opportunities right up front that you won't get you won't get a an alert for a refund that process for example you issue a refund and then you get a charge back at the same time i mean that's that's the kind of thing that happens so i think visa or, or i should say the card brands becoming involved is a good thing generally okay yeah okay and now the um i, th I think where things kind of get interesting and where the the uh, you know probably the greatest value of the mpi um and you guys can correct me if i'm wrong is the uh, the information um response um so i'll, I'll kind of you know explain the way that i think about this and then you guys can tell me what i where i'm wrong um it, it, so so in this instance um it, it sort of functions the same the beginning process is the same um the the uh customer contacts their bank but um the bank uses the the uh, uh visa network so the vmpi visa integration um and then they they ping you know through us they ping um us and then and then you know we have an api that will um 
you know, allow you to provide additional information to that issuer. So, you know, when somebody asks a question about a charge, when somebody claims that they don't recognize the charge, um, you can provide additional information that would include, you know, evidence, you know, delivery confirmation, um, description of precisely what the transaction involved, things like that. Um, and um, what, what this should allow you to do, and in many cases, what it allows you to do is avoid those um, problematic chargebacks up front. Um, is, 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 is this an okay way to explain it? I mean, I, I know it's an overly simplified version of it, but, but um, what, what, what am I missing here? What did I get wrong? I think again, it's broadly, broadly, broadly it. I mean, the 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 big winner, uh, the big winner of VMPI, as I think as as we've said in that slide, is is that every single bank is already plugged into it. So um, every bank must use a system called Visa Resolve, um, and that's so 100% of the Visa issuers on the planet are using that system. Um, it's mandatory, and they've been using it for a long, long time. VMPI is something that just sits inside that, so they've not had to do anything to get this. They, they've just they've just got it. Um, so every time a customer says, "Hey, I I don't like this transaction," um, you've kind of got three choices. One, you can bounce the customer off by explaining it away if you're clever enough and you care enough and you've got enough people and enough time to do that. Two, you can say, "Okay, my choices are I'll I'll call it fraud and I'll charge it back, and we'll see what happens." Um, or three, I can do the VMPI inquiry. So it's a click button for the issuer in the call center or if it's integrated into a digital experience in online banking or in in app. And that's where the VMPI call goes out. Um, and, this, and the process starts to gather information about that transaction. And that's where the more engaged uh, the merchant is, the, the, the much better the system uh, operates and the, and the better engagement we get. Yeah, I, I could not agree uh, any more than that. And and I, I will just say that this is the biggest leap forward, I think, for uh, in the alerts sort of workflow. Right. We've 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 been involved. Uh, we've uh, we provide alert uh, solutions for many, if not most of our merchants. Uh, but this is the biggest leap forward, because let's let's keep in mind that these these uh, VMPI alerts are in real time. There is an SLA that we have to deliver. If you're doing, Jared calls it information, we call it docs. So it might be a POD or proof of delivery. It could be lots of different things depending upon the complaint. The, the beauty of this is that, that in real time, as perhaps the cardholders on the phone, uh, if they're using uh, a phone to call into the customer service of the issuer, uh, we can deliver through our rails uh, via Visa and this whole process, we can deliver uh, documentation that satisfies the complaint. And, and this is where it gets interesting, and I think this is the future in general of, of disputes. I think uh, the, the sort of the pre-VCR, uh, Visa Resolve, which, you know, all of that, pre all of that, it was a very sort of, uh, how should I say, uh, I don't want to say a manual process, but it was a lot of paper moving around. And I remember in my first business, uh, online ticketing agency, I got a letter in the mail and, and that was like the most shocking thing, right? You can't even send it to my email. It's amazing. Um, but now what we have is real-time information flowing from the merchant back to the issuer and to the cardholder that says, well, wait a minute here. You're saying it wasn't delivered. We have a tracking number, right? 
we understand that you uh, on your little, you know, this this little thing, you said, I got it or whatever. However, we document that all of a sudden we have evidence. And then the issuing bank, Mr. Smith, it looks like we have a tracking number. It was delivered. Oh, yeah, right. So there's an opportunity for even educating the consumer that that, hey, there's there's a tracking number here and they can back out or the issuer can say, hey, we don't. We're not going to push this or Visa can uh, block chargeback rights. That, that's a huge step forward. Okay. So I think the, the I, th I think you guys went over the benefits um, pretty clearly in this. So we'll just let this uh, slide sit there for a sec. And then um, the, uh, th this was a stat that we had just because, you know, everybody's always asking about percentages or what does it do? Um, and so for, for the chargeback alerts, so the um, legacy alerts, as, as Harlan was referring to them, um, you know, we did a, a study uh, the last part of last year. So this is fairly recent. We uh, surveyed a bunch of uh, merchants that were using the alerts and, and the average um, uh, respondent said that it was, it was about a 19% reduction in their overall chargeback count um, due to chargeback alerts. Um, and then, and then Harlan, you and you and I were talking a little bit. The uh, it seems like that there's a, there's a lot of different stats on um, VMPI. Do you want to talk a little bit about you know what we've seen so far and, and what a merchant might be able to expect with um, the VMPI um, in addition to the, to the to the alerts? Yeah, sure. I, I'll, I'll talk just a minute about a, a client that I had that implemented uh, in late summer. And uh, the, the first month that we were uh, delivering documentation, uh, this, this client um, was uh, the first month, a 33% deflection or prevention rate, right? So if you think about that, if you get 100 chargebacks and 33 of them are deflected, that's the best money you could ever spend because guess what? The best money is the money you keep, right? The next month, he didn't quite double that, he being, I shouldn't say that, the company, we didn't quite double that, but it was trending in that direction. And then it kept going up and then it leveled off. And, and uh, I don't want to get too crazy here, but let's just say that it leveled off in the 70 percentile deflection rate. Now that is an incredible opportunity. What does that mean? Well, it means that probably, uh, most of those were what I would call noise. I think Craig said noise or frivolous complaints, right? However you categorize those, every chargeback you prevent is mutually beneficial across your entire business, right? Your risk goes down, your counts, your fraud stats, uh, you keep your money instead of having to fight back for it. Uh, there's a lot of ways that this these benefits just keep piling up, right? And and I just asked our, our uh, head of um, uh, production, uh, what what's our trending right deflection rate right now? And 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 he got back to me and said uh, for December, sixty uh, percent of all VMPI inquiries did not become chargebacks. Sixty-seven, and we have I don't know that all of our clients because we have so many clients. I don't know how many we have. That is an incredible statistic. 
And if you think about the money that you save in chargeback fees, uh, reverse uh, processing fees, it's just the benefits go on and on. I think, Craig, you would even like that. I've never liked anything in my life, but it, 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 it's a nice start. And I guess the, I mean, the, the, I mean, there are there are some miracles in this. And and when I talked earlier about the old um, the old reason codes, I mean, uh, we, we we saw some issuers, and I've worked personally with some issuers who who would send more than half of their chargebacks down a customer doesn't recognise route and rely on you to respond, and and then you're not in the argument for weeks after the customer's made the call. So. VAMPI gets your voice into that discussion with the customer on on day zero when they're making the the complaint or the question to their card issuer. It's it's a it's a great way to equalise the role of a merchant in the whole uh, mm. dispute arena. And and I know that that one client is probably a little bit extraordinary, but sixty seven percent of these queries that, that would have otherwise turned into fraud chargebacks because there's there's nowhere else for those chargebacks to go now but fraud fraud card not present um, is is mm-hmm. amazing. It's, it really is. So, so are right. you saying then that the bulk of, of of chargebacks came through as a reason code that that was not actually the reason for the complaint? Precisely, because because the the, 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 the the reason codes available for 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 um, for an issue to use are are fraud, um, which is a kind of coverall, or it's. I did not receive the goods, but in order to do that, the customer has to admit that they participated in the transaction. So it's an argument about receipt or quality of the goods, um, mm-hmm. or it's something kind of technical about the transaction of which there are very few. So it's either fraud or it's I. I so it's fraud. I did not participate, and of those, actually, probably most of the customers did. Um, it's just an easy mm-hmm. chargeback, or it's you know I did, but I've got a problem because you sent me a blue sofa when I ordered a red one, something like that. And to be honest, if you, haven't been able to, if you haven't been able to resolve that query with the customer before it became a chargeback, then you, then then you probably deserve the chargeback. Right. Precisely. And and, and 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 just to be clear, the just so everyone understands, um, before everybody gets too excited, um, the, the the VMPI would only be effective against the the fraud category of chargebacks, right? No, any so, chargeback, any, no. any 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 anything yeah. at all. So the customer can phone in and say, "Hey, I I ordered a red sofa, and these guys sent me a blue one." The first thing the issue should do is is do a VMPI query to see what you're going to give back. It's, so if if you get order details or invoicing copies or you know a web url for for an for for a a receipt or or anything that details what was ordered if you can demonstrate well actually you ordered this you know this is going to be the the defense the merchant has um you know you ordered the size nine that's what you ordered these types of things will be there rather than having to be done weeks later when it gets into a financial fight well that's great that's really interesting and and let me just let me just ask Craig a question here craig there's data that comes back with these inquiries. So we've talked about some of the benefits of like, you know, the reduced thresholds, et cetera, et cetera. But, but actually these requests have data with them, right? That can be analyzed to, to help your business do better. Is that, is that what, is my understanding correct there? Yeah, I guess I guess you're getting a wee bit more into um, some of the stuff that, that we at CB911 are doing. So we will look at all the VMPI requests that are coming and we can, if we're integrated with a client and we have um, a, a decent integration into a CRM or a, an order inventory system or, or however we've done that, we can start to point towards particular products or particular marketing strategies or campaigns which are driving 
queries and potentially those end up becoming chargebacks. So what is it about a, a product, a delivery method, a particular um, modus operandi of, of how you're, you're, you're doing business, which is driving these? So those are kind of insights that we can derive from the way that VMPI is being used by, by your customers as well. Yeah, and and so just Jared, and I'm sorry, and and you nailed it. I I, I probably talked too much, so I'm going to stop here in just a second. <laughs> I promise. But but I think this is important. The data is going to in the future. The data is, and I shouldn't say in the future. Beginning now and a few months ago, the data is driving decision making. So so that is where the focus needs to be, right? Not on refunding every transaction, but really, really making sure that, that the, the first of all, that the customer experience is great, right? Whatever that is, that you capture the data that's gonna be helpful in, in doing this. And then we, or a certified merchant facilitator like we are with Visa, then we have access to that to defend you Right in that in that instance where uh, a query comes in, if you're if you're in that category, you're going to see an incredible reduction in these things. But you're also going to you I believe your business is going to be better for it. Yep. Okay. All right. So 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 now let's um, we're starting to run out of time here. We've got a bunch of questions. So let me. Um, Let's kind of go through this and let's let's see let's see if we can do this as a little bit of a lightning round. If you guys can give sort of brief answers, um, that means you. This are is with... a yeah, this is a real basic <laughs> question. So I'm I'm, I'm going to skip through here and, and try to find some uh, try to find some some of the more important um, questions. Um, so yeah, so this is this is a great question. Somebody asked if VMPI is not offered by my processor, um, can I just integrate directly with Visa? Why or why not? Um, the answer no. is no, and the, and the answer for the, the answer is no, and the reason is Visa had, just don't have the capacity to integrate with um, with uh, 890,000 uh, merchants in North America for a, for a start. Um, the the way to do this is either via an acquirer or processor. Not all of them are offering it, but there are a group of people called facilitators. CV911 is one of those. We have uh, the extra benefit of being able to do this on an acquire agnostic basis. So if you're multi-processed or multi-acquired, um, then then you don't have to integrate twice with us. All right, there right. you go. That's that's a good good answer. Um, and then uh, this this person had a question: Is are there issues with the duplicate alerts and um, now with VMPI? I mean, I guess you know if if you're signed up for alerts for the refund and then you're, you're using VMPI and you know the multiple alert networks i know sometimes there's a little bit of overlap does VMPI now make that process even more you know is it, are you going to get double charged or maybe triple charged for for a for a for an alert if if you're integrated with every reduction um tool out there um the very honest answer is maybe um, but it is not in the issuer's interest <laughs> to do that because they're paying for it too. So if the issuer is, so issuers don't pay for VMPI, that's very important. So they're going to do that before they pay someone else to do this on their behalf. So if you get a VMPI request, you should choose to respond to that first before you pay for an alert uh, um, on top of yep. on top of a VMPI call. Okay. And, and so, so just so, to be very clear, just to be very clear in the in the legacy alert world, there definitely were. Uh, duplicates and often 
they were coming from different uh, sources. And so you could end up paying twice for that. And, and so, yes, th this, this was a problem with legacy. I think consolidating to Visa is going to uh, ease the problem, if not eliminate it. Okay. But, but, but for the most part, as far as you know, the, the VMPI, let's say you want to use VMPI, similar to uh, uh, the legacy alerts with just a refund uh, notification. Um, the, our assumption, our current belief is that the VMPI is, is going to not have the duplicate problem and might even eliminate some of the duplicate problem if you're currently using alerts. Because they would use the VMPI instead of the other channel. Did I get that right or am I, did I get that wrong? Um, no, they, they would, yeah. um, <laughs> you're the nerd. <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm a nerd too, but uh, I just thought I'd, I love saying that. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, I, I don't want to be saying anything against any any alert products that are in the, out in the market, but I think we've already established that Visa have a, a I guess a, 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 a more skin in the game because one, they're part of the transaction process, and and two. You know they're kind of universal in comparison to the other the other solutions which are um, available uh, commercially. But if if it's a VMPI response you've made, then it's a source of truth as that follows the transaction through. So um, I, I think doing it if you've already decided to do something on the back of VMPI, that is is important to be consistent with that. And and then anything else would be either duplication for the sake of duplication or duplication at cost. If that is the answer that you need. Um, yeah. If so, I'm very happy to follow up with anyone who wants to to take that discussion offline. No, I think that's great. Um, uh, so th this person had a, a question: What does VMPI look like? Do I need to manage the program, or it's automated? Um, automated, right? Yeah, it's it's all automated. Look, the the SLA is supposed to be two seconds when we return, either uh, to issue a credit or a refund or to issue the docs, to bring docs into the, to the process, right? So it's all API driven. It's all, it's all gotta be done very quickly. So, so that's why the choice between either refund or docs. Um, do all issuers participate in VMPI? I think Craig, you talked about this. The answer is yes, right? They, they, they all have it. That's slightly different from they all participate, but they all have it. Okay. Um, okay. And and the reason I nuance that, and I don't want to get get sucked into the vortex on this one, but but because it's been around for a while now, and uptake on day one just just wasn't really there. So if you think about a large issuer um, managing a call center, there's very little tight, there's very little, uh, very little uh, purpose in them having a VMPI call when no one's going to answer it. But um, I think we've certainly seen a marked change in the last six to nine months on, on that. And I know um, in, in my experience working with, with issuers, um, they're all desperate to build this into process and they're all desperate to put this into digital. So so I guess my answer would be yes. Um, yes, in general. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, do, do you get a VMPI alert when a customer inquires about a charge online um, or is just otherwise not intending to dispute the charge, but just wants additional information. Yes, and that's why it, it's important to be very clear about whether you want to um, act or, or the action you want to take on the back of it. Um, so I think Harlan, you, you've been quite articulate on this point, but if if your intention is to to, to, to set up some auto refund rules, um, that, that may encourage a, a bad behavior. Um, but if you present something online, we're all going to click the button, aren't we? I mean, if it says, hey, find out more about this transaction, you're going to do it. 
um, whether you're interested in disputing it or not. So you will you will see a number of alerts um, about that. That and that can also be if if and I've I've seen a couple of examples recently where the the, the merchant descriptor relates in no way to the actual uh, underlying business, and you know there's data issue there going on. But that that's a good example of uh, of when those types of queries where customers have that kind of eureka moment of oh yeah I know what it is now. Right. Yeah, and 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 I I think you you made a good point there about the um, billing descriptor and things like that. So so all of the the best practices with chargeback avoidance, all of the chargeback reduction, sort of internal processes, um, we're still proselytizing all that stuff, right? This BMPI is not going to be a a cure all. Um, definitely, you, you still want to do the other things too, right? Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, so do you guys have any insider information on the timeline for a similar solution from MasterCard? Yes. Do you want me to tell you? <laughs> I, I, I didn't say anything because I'm anxious to know. So, so bring it on. <laughs> well, I mean, we've got like what ten minutes, maybe, but um, I'm I'm going to give the brief answer. So, so yes, but both the the kind of main payment networks so, so want to do something in this space. So we want to get away from litigation. So every single customer dispute becomes a fight. Um, what we want to get into is 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 much more collaboration because. Um, in the last 15 years, e-commerce has gone from a 10% share of uh, of transactions to something like 75% share of transactions globally. So we need something better. So pushing all of these transactions down this road of collaboration, where we have a little talk to each other, ideally digitally, before we end up disputing and moving money around, is the way forward. Mastercard are this year launching a a, a similar system. Um, it's got a number of names. I think they're they're about settled on one of them, but essentially it will have a, a broader collaboration layer so their approach is a little bit different and I'm, please take everything I say with nuance or, or sorry with a with a pinch of salt a little bit because it's it, it may well change but we're looking probably at the moving away from an instant resolution through through which is more the VMPI model more to a hey this is going to become a chargeback in two days unless and then you get time to to respond so they've, they've gone down a less uh, technically I don't want to use the word burdensome, but but there's the, the, they're not requiring as much in t in terms of the, the the need to integrate, um, in the same way that Visa have. You you could receive these alerts and then have you know five members of staff if you like work them. But um, there's a different approach. But but it's just, the outcome should be the same. We're we're trying to avoid a customer question becoming a chargeback. Great. Um, so so uh, this person was asking, I think specifically about. Um, you know, using chargebacks 911. Um, does, does it matter? Do, do we only work with a set number of uh, processors, or, or, or can we work with the, any any processor? Yeah, of course. Well, we can... in, in the topic we're talking about, uh, processor, uh, we're, we're processor agnostic, and really these these inquiries are going through the the card brands or schemes, whichever term you use. So, you know, at least for us. We view it as uh, one integration for the merchant and multiple, it can be multiple acquiring or processing solutions. So I think Craig mentioned that earlier. Uh, that, that's probably your best bet as a merchant because uh, you don't want to have to manage all those integrations and, you know, different portals and all that. So, so that, that's just a, a way of saying that's probably the best approach if you have multiple processing solutions. And if you if you move process or move acquire, you know, you, you take us with you. It's not something you have to re reintegrate with someone else. 
Nice. Uh, so this one, we, we talked a little bit about this. Um, you know, you were saying VMPI is sort of reason code agnostic. Um, so let's let's just go ahead and um, skip that one. Um, somebody asked, can VMPI help reduce fraud? Um, and I, I left this in there. I thought it was an interesting question. Is, is there sort of an sort of secondary benefit to to VMPI? I know it can help reduce uh, friendly fraud, but but this is not tra a traditional criminal fraud. Um, is there a is there a value in that? Maybe if if we sort of expand our thinking. Um, not. I mean, it was never designed for that. Uh, um, okay. If it, if it, I mean, I think you said friendly fraud. I mean, it definitely helps with that because it gives the issuer a tool to be able to have a conversation. The subject subject to popular, you know, contrary to public opinion, um, issuers actually do care about friendly fraud. They don't like customers abusing the system um, because it's a cost to them as much as it is to to merchants. Um, so if the issuer has 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 tools to be able to help them, and from a data perspective, to talk that customer off. Um, and say, hey, I'm not doing this, or I'm not taking this this fraud report because it's going to cost me, you know, twenty dollars to reissue the card to you. Plus, I know that you're 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 telling lies anyway. But if I've got if I've got no evidence <laughs> other than other than it's the merchant's name and it's card not present, then I can't really do much with that if the customer insists. So it definitely definitely helps on 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 friendly fraud that is demonstrable and quantifiable. On hard criminal fraud, not really. Right. Yeah, and I, and I, I think this question. I, it seems like whenever we do a webinar, there's always, you know, at least some of the audience has conflated chargebacks. You know, they they always assume that all chargebacks are instances of criminal fraud, and of course, you know, we know that that it's actually, you know, in most cases, that's that's not true. Um, but if you're if you're a merchant and you have, I guess, criminal fraud, if you have real, you know, stolen credit cards being used on your website to buy products or or whatever, um, then then yeah, that would be a separate thing, and that would not necessarily be. Um, VMPI would not be a tool that would help you with that. Um, okay, so uh, Craig, this one was, um, you know, it's it's this is actually a question I have because it seems like, um, you know, with the legacy alerts and VMPI and and with Mastercard and you know, I mean, it just seems like there's there's lots of different names and there's lots of different uh, tools and they all kind of work in in sort of these disparate systems. Um, you know, are are we is this is this pattern going to continue into the future? Are we going to continue to see um, more products like this? What what are, what are your thoughts about the direction that all this stuff is going? Broadly, yeah, yeah, I guess I guess this is as much my opinion as it, as it is. Uh, I, I guess you know, I grew, I, I school of thought in the industry. Um, I mean, chargebacks. I think I've said this already. Are, are a pain in the neck, and you know. I shouldn't really complain too much because I have a job because of it, but um, the, the 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 ecosystem of payments will cannot sustain itself uh, with the level of, um, of 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 discomfort that goes around transactions where they're not recognised or there's something that goes wrong with them. So regulators get quite interested in chargebacks when there when there's a spike or there's a particular event or and there's a new fraud methodology. There's an increasing need to move into this collaboration world. It's a word I've already used, but but moving away from you're to blame and assignment of financial responsibility and penalties, fees, charges, fines. I'm going to send you off to um, you know to, to, into exile because you've had too many chargebacks. They, these things haven't really <laughs> worked. I mean, they're great for making money, but they haven't really worked. So moving into right. a world where we can actually have have a kind of grown up discussion about about transactions, collaborate, give the the merchant a voice he's never had at the table, um, 
in 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 the the whole pattern of customer disputes it's where it's going regulators really like this i mean i i you can you can probably tell i'm not in the us i, I sit in europe and our regulators whether at european level or, or even in the uk love collaboration because it, it gives a real balance and fairness back into into the process and the evidence thus far is is that it works and so therefore um Visa, Mastercard, Amex, uh, they're all encouraged to do more of this. So definitely it is the direction of travel. Okay, great. Did you guys have a closing statement or anything? It looks like I know you have a hard stop, Harlan, so um, I'm going to let yeah, you guys go. I, I, go I mean, I would just say that uh, Craig is absolutely right. I think the, I think the really interesting thing is what's going to happen with new uh, what we would call alternative uh, forms of payment um, you know a Venmo type uh, thing or there's some some uh, sort of payment methods within the European Union uh, SEPA uh, ideal there's all these different different use cases here's my my bottom line wherever you have a digital payment if you don't have a dispute right you ought to be really careful about using that. I, I'm not saying you shouldn't because lots of people use peer-to-peer -peer and I use it, right? I'm just saying that dispute rights are really important in the whole process. And dispute rights though go both ways. They're bi-directional. And that's what I love about the VMPI and, and I think the MasterCard will be the same. It's bi-directional. It's more of a conversation of collaboration rather than adversarial or litigious, which has been our path system. Amen. All right. Well, yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us today. I'm going to let you guys go and let everybody else um, on the webinar get back to work. Um, I, I did put their emails back up um, in case anybody wants to reach out to them um, directly. If you have questions about VMPI or if you'd like to get the ball rolling, um, probably Harlan would be the best to reach out to. Um, so thank you. Thank you, everyone, for um, – you know, joining us today. I hope that we were able to get to your questions. I know I skipped over a couple, so um, we'll make sure to uh, send you an email with some, uh, a brief summary of uh, uh, an answer to the questions that we skipped. So uh, thank you guys, and until uh, next time, talk to you later. Thanks a million. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.